This episode of the Small Church Media Podcast is sponsored by Hashtag Church. Hashtag Church has been a service-based church media company, but recently they've made a pivot to become the one-stop shop for all things church media, tech, training, ideas, and encouragement. They have videos, a whole podcast network, free resources, and blog posts to help your church grow in every facet of the game. Not just media, but also ministry as well. And the best part is it is all completely free. Hashtag.church founder Bobby King was recently featured here on the podcast and has one massive heart for churches. So don't hesitate and head over to hashtag dot church today to get started. Well, today's conversation here on the Small Church Media Podcast is all about church logos. Now, we're not going to be having a conversation about what makes a good logo because there's literally thousands of different blog posts all about that. This is not a workshop or a training on how we can make a great logo together, but this is an idea all around a conversation around the ideas of logos for your church, why they're important, why they are not, and what we should do moving forward. You guys ready to have this conversation? Let's get it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is good, everybody, and welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. Now, um, so last week, I guess we had another little mess up where (laughs) I forgot to put in the intro music. So on the recording software, there's a little file, and if I click unmute while I'm recording, I hear that little jingle in my ears 24-7, and it just literally throws me off. So rather than do that, I always go back in and then mute it when I'm recording, unmute it when it's time to go, and I forgot to re-unmute it in you here. So there was just dead space there for like 20 seconds. So forgive me for that, but we are back. We're hanging out, having a whole conversation around the idea of church branding and what it means for your church. And I know when I say the word branding, there's generally a, uh, sometimes a guttural churn of the stomach. Sometimes you start thinking of, okay, we are not a business. Why are we talking about marketing and resources and how to look good online and how to present ourselves better online and from the platform and all these different things? Because the church isn't an organization. It's not something that we're trying to create a massive business model around. It's the living, active, breathing bride of Christ. And I do agree with you 100%. But as we talked about last week, the amazing thing around the idea of church branding is how are you communicating what your church is all about to people who, A, are a part of your church so that way they can catch the vision and then hopefully jump on board and all go do it together. And it also helps position you in such a way where you're speaking to people in your community when they ask the question of, really, what is the church doing for me? Because as much as we want to say that people are not selfish, people are very, very selfish. (laughs) And they want to know if your church can come alongside them in their area of life with their same type of culture and customs and the things that they're used to. And we talked about this on your church website when we put photos out there, but your church brand is so much more than a logo. Your church brand is how you speak and present yourself online, but it's also the reputation that you have from the community from the outside looking in. So when you're putting photos on your website, you are instantly telling people certain things about your church, such as what style of people are they? Are they more of a white collar? Are they blue collar? Are they hipster? Are they Gen Z? Are they millennial? Are they old school? Are they traditional? And all these things are not bad, 
People just want to know. And when we put our best foot forward, we want to make sure we tell people what we as a church are all about. And this is where the idea of branding comes in and your messaging around that and your reputation and why that actually matters for your church and how you should pull it off. Man, a lot of times when people first start thinking around the idea of branding, the ideas of logos quickly come into mind. Because when you're talking about a, a company's brand, such as like a Starbucks or a Pepsi or a Coke, when you think of, okay, what's their branding? You can instantly look at Coca-Cola and go, they have the scripty font with red and they're in movie theaters everywhere. Like that's kind of what the brand actually is or what they what they put themselves forward for the brand. Coke Zero though has a different brand where they would be more about for the athletes. And that's why they advertise in college basketball games and college football games all the time. But you would rarely see actual Coke be advertised there. But if you're watching things like the World Cup and international games, you won't see Coke Zero. You'll see actual Coke because each one of their products speaks to a very different person and they speak to different people. And because of that, they do have slightly different looks and different ideas and structures and their branding is completely different in terms of their logos, their font selections, their colors, the images they use, the music they use in the commercials. Everything is different because they're each trying to speak to a very particular person. And so many times for us as churches, we do a very good job telling people what we are all about. And I want to make sure I didn't reiterate as that as well as I wanted to in the last episode, but churches normally do a very good job where we tell people we are here to introduce you to Jesus. However, what churches don't always do a good job with on their website is tell people why that matters to you, not just for eternity, because that's where churches like to stop and just at the end we say, just take me to heaven when I die. When people go, okay, cool, but what about for the next 60 years while I'm here on this earth? How are you gonna, how, how does this benefit me now? And churches don't always do a great job in that area. And another area where I would say small churches don't necessarily do a good job in either is their logos. Now, to be honest with you, logos around the whole conversation around logos is so, so complicated, okay? Because logos many times are subjective in terms of what makes a good logo and what makes a bad logo. I could bring 20 people into a room, give them three different logos and say, what's your favorite one and why? And what's the one you hate the most and why? And every single person from every different walk of life will give me a different answer, However, there is also a lot that we can control using our logos to help people understand who we are as a church, what type of culture we have, and are we able to speak into their life right here, right now in the 21st century? So here's what this conversation and this episode is going to be all about, okay? I already talked about the top of the episode, but this is not going to be, okay, here's seven things that makes a good logo because honestly, um, there's literally thousands of different blog posts written online about that, and I don't want to just rehash it because that's wasting my time and it's wasting your time. This is also not a workshop on how to make a great logo because it's it's audio, guys. I can't... <laughs> I can't say visually, all right, let's look at this. You see how this looks like this and this looks like this. It, I, I just, I'm not able to do that with this medium. So this whole conversation is gonna be around the idea of why logos are important, why they are not important and how you should mentally think about them moving forward and maybe even start th asking the question of, is our logo properly representing our church to the outside world? So for today's episode, I'm gonna bring in three different truths and three different lies about logos and specifically 
specifically related to church logos. Now, there's a lot of research that has been done about business logos and different brands and organizations and companies, not so much a lot about church logos. So I'm going to be bringing in a lot of different stats and quotes and figures, and they're about logos in general, but we're going to make sure we apply it to your church, okay? So here's what we're going to do for the structure of this episode. I'm going to try to keep it as short as I can, but there's a lot of content to get through, but we're first going to talk about the three truths about logos. And then secondly, we're going to talk about the three lies about logos and then ask the question of, does this really matter? Okay, so here are the three truths when it pertains to logos, all right? The first truth that we're going to talk about is that people actually care about what a logo looks like, okay? People actually do care about what the logo looks like because of the truth number two is your logo tells people what type of business, operation, or church you are, and whether or not you think you have one, you have a logo. Whether you're like, oh, we haven't really made a logo. We don't really have one out there. Anything you put on a bulletin or your church sign or your website effectively is your church logo, whether you like it or not. So let's go back to the first truth, okay? Because they all kind of build off of each other. So truth number one is people actually care about what a logo looks like. Here's a fun stat. And, and every single stat that I come like bring out into today's conversation all comes from one massive article from zipia.com. And there, it's just an like literally the article is just called logo statistics and they just compiled literally lots of different research from a lot of different places and put it in one simple place. So I'm like, ah, let's just use this one resource and go from it. So they found that 60% of consumers will avoid a brand that they find odd, ugly, or unappealing. And this percentage holds firm even if a brand has positive reviews. So people will actually not buy a specific product they won't work with a certain company and they may not actually do business with that place if they find it that the logo just doesn't look great, even if it has positive reviews. And to be honest with you, I am one of these people. When I was looking for um, a gutter company, actually, for, for local back, I've, I've had three different houses. I've replaced gutters on two of them. I used two different companies. The first company that I used, it was just given to me by a recommendation from um, my mother, who was also my insurance agent. So I'm like, fine, mom, we'll just go with it. But they didn't even have a website. Website. They had no logo. It was whatever. So the second time I was looking for a gutter company, I'm like, okay, where is a gutter company that is local to my house that actually looks like they've been in business for a while and they actually do care about how things look? Because if they're putting something on my house, they got to care how things look because if they don't care how things look, it can end up looking bad for me. So I wanted to make sure I found a company that actually looks great online, specifically even with their logo and their branding, so that way when they come out, I can trust them. Now, I will be honest when I say this one, okay? So when the company did come out, they came out in an unmarked old Penske truck, and the dude that showed up literally looked like he just smoked 100 cigarettes and had a nasty white T-shirt and whatever, and that's just awful. And there's been so many other times when I've had different contractors come to my house where they show up in a marked car, not like a police marked car, but like a car with the logo on the side of it. They're wearing a polo or a t-shirt or hoodie with their logo of the company on their chest because they're just trying to connect all the different dots together and say, we are a reputable company. So um, I don't go a little too far in that conversation. So I'm going to bring it back about people actually do care about what your logo looks like. And again, 60% of customers will avoid a brand if the logo looks ugly. Here's a quote from an article from designpowers.com about why a good logo is important for your small business. And the quote goes like this. 
A well-designed logo builds trust by validating your professionalism and gets people to stick around. It tells potential clients who you are, what you do, and how that benefits them. It communicates to people with no prior knowledge or experience with your business that you do great work. If your logo looks unprofessional, people will undoubtedly question how well you're you're able to deliver your products or your services. Have you ever hit the back button or chose one company over another because they simply look more legit? People make snap judgments and poor design will make people leave. So for your church, here's the takeaway from this one thought, okay? Whatever you have on your website, on your social media, or on your church sign or your church building, wherever you put it, people who are driving by actually do care about what they see because they will instantly make a judgment about the type of church you are. And that leads us into the second truth of your logo tells people what kind of church you are. We know this is effective if you're driving by a building and you see the cross with a red flame going up the side of it. That's an instant notification that that's a United Methodist Church. We can sometimes recognize Catholic churches by their buildings or symbols that they use. And so many other times we can look at a church and be like, oh, that looks like a bunch of old people. That looks like it's a hip church. That looks like it's a modern church. Oh, they look like they got a coffee shop on the inside. People will look at a logo and instantly make a snap judgment to figure out what type of church you are. And bringing it into the business world, 42% of consumers believe a logo effectively communicates a brand's personality, okay? So just under half of people believe in their heart that the logo effectively communicates the brand's personality. And this suggests that many consumers think that they can accurately understand a company based solely on the brand's logo. And if you continue that conversation, 78% of consumers believe that brand logos are actually a work of art. And that shows the high regard consumers have for a brand's logo and how much it will impact their choice to purchase with a company. There was a um, a study that was done, and that's where, and I don't say there was a study that was done because I don't have the actual proof, but when they ask people these types of questions, because I've answered these types of questions before, what they will do is they'll slide logos in front of people and say, tell me what type of business this is. Tell me what type of business this is. And to prove that point, I'm going to list off six different types of businesses that some are popular, some are not. And I want you to, in your head, while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're in your office, whatever you're doing, I want you to picture this logo in your head or something about the business with this logo. All right. Number one, Chuck E. Cheese. Picture the Chuck E. Cheese logo in here. And if you can't fully picture it, picture some sort of picture that represents Chuck E. Cheese in your head. The second company is McDonald's. Picture the McDonald's logo, the icon, the text, the pictures, all that. The third one is Nike. The fourth one is American Airlines, whether the new one or the old one. Maybe you didn't know they had a new one, but they have a new one. But picture the American Airlines logo in your head in comparison to Spirit. Number five, IBM. And number six, 
any local law firm in your area. When you think of these different logos in your head, we can actually picture what they look like or something similar. For the law firm, you might be thinking there's pillars, there's no um, there's no frill, there's just like, like for lack of a better word, uh, like a Times New Roman font because they are very white collar, they are very professional, and they want to hold up the truth. You have something more like Nike in that swoosh, and that represents what? The forward motion of a athlete going forward. Chuck E. Cheese has a lot of fun with bright colors and bubbly letters, whereas McDonald's has had that arch for a very, very long time, but it's very, their, their target has always been young families or more of a hip generation. American Airlines in comparison to like a Spirit or, um, oh goodness, what's the, what's the other airline that flies out of South Bend that's really cheap? Allegiant. So when you look at an American Airlines or, an, or a Delta or anything that's a high-end aircraft carrier or company that, you know, flies you from one place to another. I'm sounding like an idiot when I talk about that right now versus like the really cheap companies, you know, right off the bat, one is going to be more expensive, more professional, and maybe more for the business person in mind, rather than cheap flights that people just wear sweatpants and go on the airplane for. IBM is the biggest, largest, one of the most, uh, I would say, influential tech firms out there because they create products that are in virtually almost every computer out there. When you think of each one of these low Logos. They each are targeting a completely different demographic, audience, and population, and they do this by how they present themselves in their logo. And people will look at logos and instantly try to figure out, are they for kids? Is it childish? Is it professional? Is it white collar? Is it trendy? Is it hip? Is it traditional? And whatever decision you have to make based on what you want to have for your logo, the answer is, is there's not a wrong decision unless you're creating a logo that is designed for a different demographic than the one you are trying to reach. So, so far we've talked about the, the the two truths leading into number three, where people actually care about what the logo looks like, truth number one. Truth number two is your logo tells people what kind of church you are. And then number three is you already have a logo, whether you think so or not. Whatever you put on your church sign, your bulletin, um, business cards, print materials, things you put in the mail. Uh, shoot, you can even put putting stuff on t-shirts. Whatever you are using to show who you are online, that is your church's logo. And so many people will think, oh, well, you know what, Mark? People know better. If we just have a picture of our building or our church sign on our church Facebook page, they won't make a snap judgment about us, right? And the answer is, is, 100% they will. So, so far, the truth that we talked about is people care about the logo. They'll actually make a judgment call on the type of church you are. And whether you want to fight me about this or not, your church actually does have a logo, whether you've actually created one or not. So those are the three truths. We're going to pocket those for now. And we're going to talk about the three lies about church logos. And I'm going to make this more about church logos rather than the business side, okay? So line number one is logos and logo design has to cost thousands of dollars. Thousands of dollars, okay? So there's a statistic out there of how much would a small business pay for a logo, okay? And they did the, all the statistics of, you know, zero to 500, 500 to 1,000 or $1,000 or more. And they found that 67% of small businesses are willing to pay over $500 for a logo, but only 15% of small businesses are open to paying for over $1,000 for a logo. And so right off the bat, a lot of small businesses, these are businesses 
that are either getting started, only have a handful of employees. These are not your big multi-million dollar companies. A small business, uh, what's the definition of a small business? They have to make like, is it under 200, or under a quarter million? I'm not really sure what it is, but a small business is what we know, a small business operation. So right off the bat, when you see that, it shows that at least 85% of small businesses are willing to pay up to $1,000 for a logo, and most are willing to pay over $500 for a logo. Now, I don't have stats on how much people have like actually paid for their logos or whatnot, but I can guarantee that if you work with some sort of design designer or developer and not a firm, you will pay anywhere from five to $1,000 for a logo. And you might be thinking, Mark, that is crazy expensive. Our church doesn't have the budget to spend 500 to $1,000 on a logo. So what should we do? Because we obviously don't have that money. And my answer is simply this. Yes, your church actually does have that amount of money. If you can do it in such a way where you say, this is why we need a new logo for our church, because we want to be able to, as we reach our community, step into our community and have a good reputation when we go and step into our community. When you frame the idea of a logo around the idea of, oh, we just need a new logo, we just need a new logo, we just need a new logo, no one is going to buy it. However, if you have the idea around the fact of, we wanna be a modern church reading reaching the next generation, logos matter to these people. Visual identities matter to these people. We probably should have at least something that at least gives us a good step forward to it basically tell people what type of church we are. Now, there are so many different other logo companies out there. And, and to be honest with you, I would recommend staying away from websites like Fiverr where you can get you know, $10, $15 logos for really, really cheap because all they do is slap together something really fast and they probably copied it off somewhere else and it's really not gonna be that good of a logo mark. You could use companies like 99designs.com, designbros.com, and some of these other companies where you could spend between three to $400 on a phenomenal, logo for your church. But here's the deal, okay? Logos don't have to cost thousands and thousands of dollars. We see like PepsiCo spent millions of dollars on their latest rebrand. Ford has spent millions of dollars in logo studies. You don't need to do that. You just need to be willing to invest a little bit of money into your logo to get something that just looks good for your church. In my opinion, a church logo doesn't need to be revolutionary, but it needs to be different than all the other logos in your community so that way people People don't just connect your church to another church, but you don't have to spend thousands of dollars on a logo. Generally, you can flirt somewhere in that $500 range and totally be okay. The second lie regarding logos is that a logo will last forever. Oh man, I've talked with so many pastors over the years and they said, well, we had this logo made like 15 years ago. We've had this logo made seven years ago, 20 years ago. It worked back then, it's gonna work now. And so I found this quote from that same article we've been pulling from for a lot of today's conversation. And the, 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 the statistic that is brought up is that the average lifespan of a logo is actually 10 years. All right, the average lifespan of a logo is 10 years. And I wanted to put that statistic to the test. And so I brought in five different companies and how many logos they've had and how many years they've been in business. So the obvious one that people instantly recognize is Starbucks. And over the last 50 years, Starbucks has had four different logos. 
Shell gas station over the last 120 years has had 10 different logos. So Starbucks, they've been averaging around, uh, what is that, 12 years per logo. Shell gas station is 12 years per logo. Now, Lego has had five logos in the last 90 years, which is wild. They've had the same logo for, I think, like the last 30 or 40 years. Like, Lego is just one of those companies that did it right the first time. They're still rolling with it. Burger King has had six logos over the last 70 years. And Firefox browser, like if you use Chrome or Safari, Firefox is the big competitor. They've actually had eight logos over the last 20 years. Now, when you look at these logos, you might be thinking, okay, so Mark, we know I've been around the block long enough. All Starbucks did was had a different variations where they just have different, they zoom in a little closer. They have things around the outside. It's not really that big of a transition. Shell gas station, same exact thing. They've had the same idea of their shell logo for the last like 80 years. And they just changed little variations of it. Burger King just went back to one of their logos goes from back in the 70s. And Firefox, they just keep slowly changing it over the years to match the, the, the type of culture and vibe of what they're trying to do and who they're trying to reach. But when you look at each one of these logos, here's the takeaway from all of it, right? A logo never, our logo does not last forever, but a good logo can quickly adapt and shift into a different gear to reach the next generation of who is coming into the picture. Each one of these logos, and if you look at every single company, including BMW, including Audi, including McDonald's, including Nike, including Adidas, they all just slightly change their logo every 10 years or so to step into the next, uh, not, not even the next century, I guess it would be technically the next decade. So for you as a church logo, if you already have a church logo in place, chances are you just need to take that logo and tweak it a little bit and change a little bit and adapt it a little bit to speak into the type of people and the culture and the the let's just be honest, the day and age we're living in in order to make that logo good. But a logo is not a set it and leave it. It needs to update every handful of, not every handful handful of years, that's not as much, but every 10 years or so, you should give a logo update or refresh. Sometimes it means completely scratch it and rebuild something new, or it just means take what you already have, adapt it a little bit, give it a better font, give it less shadows, a better color, and then you can publish it and you don't even need to do a big logo relaunch, just slowly roll it out over time. And here's the last slide that we're talking about today about church logos, okay? The last slide is a new logo will fix everything for your church. You know, so many times when a new pastor comes in, and this is uh, let's just be honest, youth pastors are notorious for this. Anytime a new youth pastor shows up, coming right out of college or whatever, they're always like, oh, we need to change the logo because it needs to be cooler or just needs to be better. And that has given a really bad taste in church's mouths about how logo design is actually supposed to do. Because when someone new comes in or something new happens, a new logo means literally absolutely nothing. Okay, a new logo means nothing because the logo is not your church brand. It's simply the face of the brand. So if you're starting to think, okay, maybe Mark, we need a new logo. Maybe it's time for us to refresh it. How do I know if it's not just us wanting to be trendy, but rather it actually being a good transition we wanna go? And the biggest answer I can give you is if your church has a logo already, sometimes all you need to do is make some slight updates and tweaks to bring it into the 21st century to continue 
you want. But if your church is doing a whole different shift in terms of maybe a different focus, maybe a different mission, maybe you've been very focused on this aspect for church, such as Sunday schools, and now you're like, no, no, we're gonna be focused more on sport ministries. No, no, we're gonna be more focused on this generation. We wanna be more inclusive with the community. Whatever your reason is, if you're starting to change your, your mission a little bit, change your ideas a little bit, or hey, maybe your logo really is, or you never had a logo, or you're using just your denomination's logo, and it's time to make that actual change. When you present the logo, you gotta present it to your church with the mission and values in mind because a logo means absolutely nothing. People do not put themselves behind logos They put themselves behind the mission, all right? So for our church, I go to New Life now, and before I was actually a member at New Life, I actually designed their logo for them. They were a sister church way back in the 50s. They planted the church that I was on staff at and was a member of for eight eight years, and they needed a logo update because when you looked at their old logo, it it was a joke. It looked like an old VBS logo (laughs) from like 20 years ago. So the lead pastor, Michael, he goes, all right, Mark, here's what New Life is all about, okay? We want to have a icon where it lives by itself but we're all about the cross and the fact that it's for everybody. What can we do for that? So we created a logo for the church where it literally is just an N and an L. And I put a line going across the middle that where it connects the N and the L to make a cross. And then there's a circle that's all encompassing, but there's an opening inside of the circle because the reason what we're saying is, is there's, there's always room for another seat at the table. There's always a way to come in and be a part of the new life community as we're following Jesus, which once people caught that vision and that mission, people go, holy crap, that, that's, that's what we're all about. Let's do it. Let's get behind it. There's another church logo that I did for a church plant way out in San Diego. And the idea for that church is sanctuary. They want to provide a, a place of rest and, and finding comfort in the hope that is in Jesus. For people who have had really hard, weary lives, they can sit down and finally find rest. But they wanted a cross to be included in that as well. But we have a bunch of little dots that are arrows that are pointing towards the center of the cross. But the center of the cross actually has a square missing out of it because there's always room for one more at the cross. And each one of those dots represents people with forward motion towards the cross, but there's always a hole. It never gets filled because there's always room for one more at the cross. These logos are not revolutionary. They're not crazy elaborate. To be honest with you, they're about as simple as they come. And most people will look at that and be like, "That's that, that doesn't make sense. What are we looking at? But when you have a mission and a vision and a values behind the logo, and you can direct people to what the what is or what the why is behind the what, now a logo is becoming the face of the brand for businesses or it's becoming the face of the mission of what the church is all about. So to recap all the conversations so far today and then to give you some action steps coming out of this episode, just to refresh, here's the three truths that we talked about regarding logos, okay? Number one is people actually care about what a logo looks like. Truth number two, your logo tells people what kind of church you are. And number three, whether or not you think you have one, You have a logo. It's just a fact. All right, and then here's the three lies that we talked about from this episode, okay? Lie number one is logos have to cost thousands of dollars. That's not true. Number two, a logo will last forever. No, you cannot just set a logo and forget it. But a good logo can have different tweaks and variations every handful of years to make sure it stays relevant with the different demographic that they're trying to reach. And number three, a new logo will fix everything for your church because that is simply not true. So 
here's the final question for today's episode, and hopefully we've already answered it. But the question is, is does any of this actually matter? The last 30 minutes that you've listened to this episode, did you just waste it? Does it really matter about logos? And I actually brought in a quote from John Robinson. He wrote this article on medium.com about why we shouldn't care about logos. And he says this, logos can't tell us who or what a brand really is unless we purposely bind meaning into them. Remember, a logo is not a brand, and this holds true for all of the brands we interact with. A brand is what customers experience every time they interact with it. This, of course, is strengthened by a strong visual identity. Every single interaction and touch point that customers have, from customer service to usability to extra sensory, adds to a brand's perceived value and strengthens brand recognition. When a company does this well, the logo becomes darn near unnecessary. So does this actually matter? No, a logo doesn't necessarily matter. No, not really. But at the same time, though, you want to make sure you present your church in such a way where visually you're not preventing people from stepping foot inside of your doors because people will look at your logo and they will judge you. They will have a perceived interpretation of what your church is all about. And then when they ask the question of, do I want to be a part of that church? They have to then answer the question of yes or no. So yes, your logo does help people, especially from a church sign, but again, your brand is more than your logo. The types of pictures you're putting on your website, the types of colors you're putting on your website, and even your font usage all has a part to play in your church's brand. But yes, I do believe it starts with a strong logo. So what should you do coming out of this episode, okay? How do you know if your logo is outdated, not effective, or just not good? Here's one test you can do, all right? Talk with different people from the different generations inside of your church and point blank ask them their thoughts. You can say, does this logo look good? Does it represent the vision and values? If you were to see this logo, what would you think it's supposed to tell you? And now granted, people inside your church, they'll probably give you the socky answer of the church because they've been part of it for a long time. So if you want to take it to the next level, ask different people who are not a part of your church or not connected to your church. You can literally take the icon of your church or whatever, put it on Facebook and say, when you see this, what do you, what comes to mind? And then literally say, be brutally honest because until you're brutally honest, you won't get real people's real thoughts. Another thing you could do is talk with someone who is a designer, whether they're in your church or you're connected with them somehow, or I would I would stay away from agencies to be honest with you because they'll charge you two to $3,000 minimum for, for these logos. But talk with a designer and just get their opinions and maybe even a quote on what it'd be just to revamp the logo and bring it into the next century. And if you're not sure, just use a strong font anywhere you slap your logo name, such as like a Nexa or a, like a CMG Church Motion Graphics, CMG Sam or Montserrat and just stick with one color. If you want to see how you could do this and do this well, there will be a link in the show notes of a local church that, to be honest with you, they have multiple thousands of members in their church and they flat out say on their website of, yeah, we're more than a logo. We're not spending time and money on it right now. So we're just not worrying about it. 
but they make sure that their visual identity does not look bad online. And you'll see when you go to their website, the church name is Gospel City in Granger, Indiana. You'll see that they are an extremely, extremely trendy, and for lack of a better word, they are the cool church on the block in our area. And so I'll include the link to their website. It's mygospelcity.org in the show notes. But if you want to see a church that does this extremely well with just using the words, but they're still a mega church, that's a great one to look at. Another one in our area, another our other mega church called Granger Community Church, you'll see their logo is just a G with the bottom whacked off. It's very simple, but it simply works based on what their mission, vision, and values are. So with logos, you don't need to think way outside the box. You don't need to make this crazy elaborate logo. However, you do need to put thought and, and time and space into this idea because people judge you from the outside looking in. They will have a perceived value of what you're offering based off your logo. But at the same time, you need to not believe the lie that a new logo will fix all your problems to help bring people into your church to have a new mission and vision. In fact, the mission and vision starts first and the logo simply backs it up. Well, guys, that's it for this episode of the Small Church Media Podcast. Just like always, leave a rating and review anywhere you listen to your podcast. Share this episode with another Small Church pastor friend that you know. And I also want to remind you that after this month, the Small Church Media Podcast is going to be on a hiatus. We're going to have a big fat pause because of just what we're going to be experiencing as our family with our, our new little one coming into the picture. But also there's going to be some complications. We'll have to give birth down at the local children's hospital. Well, it's not local. It's three hours away. But needless to say, we have a lot of different family situations and circumstances coming up. So we're just going to put a pause on this, but the content is still good. I try to create some evergreen content. So whether or not you are going back to listen to old episodes, or this is the first episode you found from us, you can make sure you still can get some good quality stuff from the show. I literally have, I think, three more episodes left of the Small Church Media Podcast before we pause it. So if you have a question, you want me to answer it, Literally, now is the last time for you to get that question into me. Help email me at hello at smallchurch.media. Again, that email is in the show note and ask me your question. Reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram and I'll be happy to answer your question that you have here on the show. But until then, we'll see you guys next week, same time, same place, right here on the Small Church Media Podcast. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.